MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. I mentioned the national title game. Kirby Smart left Alabama to become the head coach at Georgia, and the Bulldogs have become maybe the most dominant team in college football. Certainly the last two years, undefeated this year, and they're a prohibitive favorite coming up tonight against TCU in the national title game. Defense has been great, holding the opposition under 16 points per game. Stetson Bennett has been a wonderful quarterback for this team the last two years, trying to go back-to-back. Bet, uh, Stetson Bennett went to uh, New York as a Heisman Trophy finalist, but TCU has shown an ability to show up in big games. Hard to put them away, even though they're double-digit underdogs coming up tonight. But if Alabama, uh, you know, Alabama's got to be looking at this saying, we used to be the powerhouse in college football. If Georgia wins tonight, back-to-back titles, the gold standard in college football may officially reside in Athens, Georgia. But TCU... Feels like they're a big underdog, almost like when Butler played Duke in the national title game. But TCU is probably more like Gonzaga from the standpoint of they've been a really good program for a long time. Now, Gonzaga's graduated where they're getting great players, top players in the country, and no longer an underdog. But TCU, when Gary Patterson was there, they were a quality team, played great defense, and uh, Sonny Dykes has done a wonderful job. Max Duggan. Max Duggan wasn't even going to be your starter. They weren't even ranked in the preseason. And here they are in the national title game. That's why when you hear, you know, these teams that get into the final four and you're going to have these mismatches. And now if you go to 12 teams, all you want is a chance. And it's one game. It's not the best of seven, not the best of five, not the best of three. And that's why I love the playoffs. I love the opportunity for somebody to give us a story. Now, if Georgia wins, okay. Georgia, start to finish, was the best team. No doubt about it. But if TCU wins, this will be one of the great stories in recent college football history. And that's what we root for. If you don't have any rooting interest in Georgia or TCU, you may be rooting for a surprise outcome here. And maybe you get that tonight with TCU. But Georgia has been dominant. Stetson Bennett has done everything that you can ask a 25-year-old quarterback to do. (laughs) And uh, as a result, they're big favorites coming up tonight. We got a play of the day, stat of the day, poll question. Your phone call is always welcome, as we do every Monday, best and worst of the weekend. Tyler, operator, standing by, 877-3DP-SHOW. Say good morning if you're watching on Peacock. Thank you. That's our streaming partner. You can download the app and you can watch this program. You can also dial us up, uh, Fox Sports Radio, iHeartRadio, and uh, the great affiliates around the country. Yes, Paulie. If I'm Stetson Bennett, I petition for a six-year. Okay. There's no way I'm going pro. I'd rather be the Georgia quarterback than a backup with the uh, the Titans. Or well, something. didn't Sam Hartman, didn't he get a uh, six-year sure. Notre Dame? I would never leave. Yeah. All right, poll question, Seton. What do you have for me today? Well, Paulie just sent over a couple of dudes. 
uh, dude poll questions. There's okay. dude disappointing and dude positive. Okay, let's go dude disappointment. Dude. By the way, the teams that didn't make the playoffs are far more interesting. Today, we have plenty of time to talk about the great stories. Seattle gets in. Detroit, you know, play the role of spoiler. Somehow the Dolphins got in with an 11-6 to final against the Jets there. The Jags, a great story as well, getting into the postseason. But it's the teams that didn't get in that are far more interesting today. All right, Seton. Uh, what team would you be most disappointed in or do you find most disappointing this season? Uh, and there's a bunch of options for you. The Cardinals are super disappointing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Raiders, obviously. Mm-hmm. Broncos. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rams. Colts. Browns. Packers. Packers? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I would put the Packers at the top. And, and Denver, really? and Denver, yeah, because it's still Aaron Rodgers, good defense. Uh, a lot of people, including yours truly, thought that they were a Super Bowl caliber team. And that's a big disappointment. And you're losing at home. Like, Aaron Rodgers didn't come up with a clutch game. Do you know, of all the quarterbacks who started every game this year, one quarterback didn't have at least 300-yard passing game. Yes, Paul? I'm going to guess Aaron Rodgers. Yes! Yep. Yes! Nailed it. Ow! Stat of the day! Stat of the day! Stat of the day! Stat of the day! This is the stat of the day! Seven quarterbacks started all 17 of their team's games this season, but Aaron Rodgers failed to record a 300-yard passing game. The first quarterback to do so in a season since Josh Allen did it a couple years ago in 2019. That's remarkable. If you said at the beginning, you know, there's, there's quite a few of the, if you would have told me at the beginning of the year, and that's, that would be one of them. Looking back and you go, oh my gosh, didn't throw for 300 yards. You know, the, the Broncos, I think, Ended up with, what, five wins? What was the over-under? Because we thought Seattle was tanking, and, and it turns out the Broncos gave you a record that seemed like they were tanking. But a big win yesterday, Todd. you got to be proud of your Broncos. We're building something yes. towards next season. A new coach is coming, 5-12. and 12, Here we come. <laughs> yes, well, the preseason over-under in wins for the Broncos was 10. Yeah, dun, dun, they dun, just dun. missed that one. Yes, they did. Packers was 11. Yeah. Rams, 10 and a half. Uh, a couple other teams that stunk. How about the Colts? 10 wins was a predicted number. Yes, Todd. When the schedule first came out and I saw Christmas Day, Broncos, Rams, new quarterback Russell Wilson against the defending champs, I almost made plans with my son to spend half the uh, Christmas vacation in L.A. and go to that game, and we all saw 51-14 happen and two 4-10 and teams play each other. That would have been a total disaster. Yeah. Thank you, Todd. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure your son's happy to hear that you didn't buy those tickets yeah. for him. Yeah. You're famous for not doing something. I like to plan things, but yeah, as far do. as you know, seeing it you know, yeah. to its fullest and fulfilling those plans. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. Like I can plan, and then it gets right up to it, and I go, nah, it's like that. I don't want to. Uh, 877-3DP-SHOW, email address, dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow. The playoff matchups, Seattle is a 10.5-point underdog. <laughs> Chargers are a 1.5-point favorite at the Jags. Dolphins at Buffalo. I got the Dolphins, according to DraftKings, 10.5-point underdogs. Giants at the Vikings. The Giants are a three-point underdog. Ravens and the Bengals, again, this time the Ravens are six-and-a-half-point underdogs. Don't know if Lamar Jackson's going to play, but that would certainly uh, change the line. I think it was... Was Baltimore an 11 or 11.5-point underdog in Cincinnati yesterday? That's without Lamar Jackson, and he's going to be about a touchdown difference maker on the line, I would think, if he's going to play. Yes, Paulie? That Dolphins-Bills line, the Dolphins are getting 11. I don't know if they've declared their quarterback yet. I think there's three guys in play, Skyler, Teddy, two gloves, and Tua. Mm. I'm surprised that line's not off the board. And the Cowboys are... They're three-point favorites against Tampa Bay at Tampa Bay? That's right. Whoa. Okay. Two double-digit underdogs coming up this this weekend. Okay. You know, the Chargers-Jags, 
Chargers on the road going to Jacksonville and uh, one and a half point favorites there. What else do we have, Seton? I'm going to save the uh, the positive dude Ooh. for the next hour. Okay. Um, we it, haven't really gotten into this one yet, but the end of the Texans game. Okay. Should the Texans have kneeled on that two-point conversion? No. You can't do it. You can't be that obvious. Like, if you wanted to do something, it should have been going with a different quarterback. But if you win, then you lose the number one pick overall. It was a fourth and 20. The Colts DB (laughs) whiffed on an interception. Instead of knocking it down, he whiffed on it. They score. Then they go for a two-point conversion, and that was the difference. They end up winning. They lose the number one pick, and Lovey Smith gets fired. Other than that, nothing at stake in that game. Yes, Todd. I also believe in karma. If you blatantly blow the game like that to get the number one pick, somehow that's going to work out very badly for you. You're going to pick someone that's going to end up being a disaster and not what you thought he was going to be. But it was the best move for your franchise. It would have been the best move for your franchise to take a knee. Now, I don't know if you're punished by the NFL. If the NFL would find the franchise... Because that would be direct tanking, where you're going, we are trying to lose this game. Right. That, that's not like putting in Nate Peterman to make sure you lose. This is a, a play where you're not being competitive. Yeah. <laughs> I would think that they would find the franchise quite a bit there. And would they make you forfeit that pick? Ooh. Or would they do? I, I mean, that's competitiveness. I mean, you know, when you're protecting the shield, it's about what is right. You know, that makes sure that you're being competitive. A lot of people have money. You know, the, the betters with a money line bet on something like that. It all comes down now to gambling and, you know, having the authenticity of everybody is trying to play. Now, you can start a quarterback who probably shouldn't start. And then you could pretty much do the damage that you need to do. And that is, hey, we're competitive. You know, coaches will always say this. Hey, we're putting the best product. I mean, those guys want to win. Yeah, but the players you put out there, Derek Jeter, when Jeter was with the Marlins, he's like, those guys, I take offense to that. Those guys really want to win there. Well, you're not putting good players out there. You could put up the Danettes out there, and we'd be like, we're trying. We're not any good. Yeah, Seton. But resting your starters isn't being competitive. Well, you can do that because you have to. You want to protect them. They're nicked up, and the bigger picture is the playoffs. So, you, so you're, it's okay to look ahead at the bigger picture and disrupt the competitive balance of this game to look ahead. Yes, and have, but you can't do that for the draft. But you can do that for well, the playoffs. You, but you can't take a knee at the end of the game and go. You know what? We scored a touchdown. Oh, we, big picture. We're we looking blew. ahead to building the franchise. <laughs> we're looking ahead. It's, All right, it's a different picture we're looking at, but you can. You can say, look, we're going to have a top draft pick. Uh, We want to see if we have a quarterback on the roster. Now, I would say, you know, by the 17th or 18th week of the season and, and sooner than that, if you have a quarterback in waiting. But if you're the Texans, could they have started somebody else and ensured that they got the number one overall pick? Davis? It's like it's like they go, oh, my God, we can win this game. Now, what do we do? I, I would love to know ownership. McNair watching that game going, okay, fourth and 20. <laughs> All right, we got no shot. Hey, but, but we're competitive. We played. We, we, wait, we just scored a touchdown. Wait, we're going for two. Wait, if we score two, then we don't get the number one pick. No, we don't. No, you don't. Yay, we score. We don't want Yay. the number one pick. Yeah. We don't even want it. No, no, we want the number two pick. Nobody wants the yeah. number one pick. Yeah, Paul. The draft order right now is Bears, uh, Texans, Cardinals, who don't need a quarterback, Colts, who do, with the four pick, Seattle, with the pick from Denver, with the fifth pick, Detroit at six, Las Vegas at seven. Mm. Could the Cardinals trade their pick to get Sean Payton? <laughs> <laughs> Would it take a first? The permission? Oh, yeah, I think, I think the Saints oh. are asking for a first-round pick. I, th- I think so. And... I don't know. I think Denver is already engaging with Sean Payton, reportedly. And he admitted that uh, over the weekend on Fox. But 
I think it's going to it's going to take at uh, least a first round pick for Sean Payton. Yes, Todd. They made it sound like Denver gave up their first round picks for like the next twenty years to the Seahawks. So what what are they? What first round picks do they have to even offer to get Sean Payton? Kind of twenty twenty nine draft. Kind of spent too much time on the Broncos. Way really? too much time. All right. Nobody cares. That's kind of a big deal that Sean Payton's in the mix for that job. Yeah, okay. Let me wait. Let me wait until you know. So is Jim Harbaugh. No, he's enthusiastically getting ready to no, coach Michigan. Next that's year. just it. He's enthusiastically ready to coach Michigan, and then his name comes up in Denver, and I go, "What's going on here?" Yeah. He fully expects to be enthusiastically okay, but you coaching. never know. <laughs> but you never know. He said, "At this time, my plans At are." At this juncture, be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's bring in Matt Hasselbeck, ESPN NFL analyst and contributor to Sunday NFL Countdown. He's on the panel with Randy Moss and Teddy Bruschi, Rex Ryan, Sam Ponder. Saturday and Sunday of Super Wild Card Weekend. You can watch them at 10 a.m. Eastern, both days on the Mothership. Good to see you again, Matt. Let me start with the poll question. Seton, give Matt the poll question today. What team was most disappointing this season? Your options were, uh, and there's a bunch of them. Come on. Most disappointing. Oh, it's obvious. Denver. For me, it's Denver. I mean, people were picking the Denver Broncos to win the Super Bowl. Um, but that was just, I think it shocked everybody. I'm curious who you would put ahead of Denver. I would say Green Bay because I think everybody thought the NFC was open for the taking. And, you know, you lost Devontae Adams, but you still had a good defense, good running attack. And you had some young receivers in there. Yeah, they lost Devontae Adams. I feel like we talked about that a lot. You know, last year, I think everyone just said that the Denver Broncos are a franchise quarterback away from being a Super Bowl contender. They go out and give Russell Wilson basically a quarter of a billion dollars 
They go get a new uh, head coach who was, you know, Aaron Rodgers, BFF in Green Bay. And I think you expected that to be the, you know, they had everything else. And we also thought that was going to be the best division in football. And that division was, I mean, that was, that was a huge disappointment. So, no, I, 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 I mean, just one vote, but yeah. I'm, I'm giving it, giving it to the Denver Broncos. Is that job enticing to like Sean Payton, Denver? If you want to be married to Russell Wilson, it's enticing, you know, and so there are some coaches that have a vision for how to get him back to be a player that is one of the better quarterbacks in the league, not one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. And so if you have that vision, then, yeah, it's a great job. But if you're a guy like Pete Carroll, maybe be an example of, hey, that I don't want that. That's not what I want. What I want is just a legion of boom type defense, great special teams and a running game that can travel. And then every once in a while, we'll we'll take our shots. Our quarterback will use his legs every once in a while, not playground ball. But like, you know, honestly, the way Geno Smith played this year, mm-hmm. Geno Smith played so well this year. He played like Russell Wilson had previously always played. And uh, and that's the formula that Pete Carroll is looking for. He's not looking for, you know, a quarterback that can cook, so to speak. But if you're Seattle, you got the fifth pick in the draft. Are you are you amazing? Are you signing up Geno Smith and for how long? And do you use that fifth pick on a quarterback? I think you can do both things. I think Geno quarterback Geno Smith has earned the right to be the quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, at a certain price for sure. But but I think he has earned the right. And it's really funny because had the Detroit Lions not knocked off the Green Bay Packers, I think a lot of the talk would have been like, oh, Geno couldn't have even got him into the playoffs. But since the Detroit Lions <laughs> knocked off the Green Bay Packers, now the Seahawks are in the playoffs. I know firsthand Pete Carroll can do some damage once he gets in the tournament and Geno Smith, really, he played, I thought he played outstanding this year. I was really, really impressed with how he played. But so now the narrative is like, oh, Geno Smith, he's breaking these records. He's got his teams in the playoffs. Like he could do damage. And I believe he can. Like, I, I think Geno Smith, you know, the thrower has been great. The leader has been great. And the guy using his legs when necessary has really been underrated as well. So, yeah, I, he's the guy. Now, if you want to develop a younger guy along the way, but like that could be Drew Locke and you could spend your money elsewhere. But no, huge, huge credit to the, what the Seattle Seahawks have done this year um, based on how everyone was talking about them at the end of last year or even the start of this year. Body language, Aaron Rodgers walking off the field last night told you what? Um, he's a human being that um, this is I'll say this. When you're the quarterback of a franchise, just the regular starting quarterback, franchise quarterback, the weight of the world is on you during the season. It's seven days a week. It's all of it. So now try try to become uh, Aaron Rodgers like maybe the best quarterback that's ever played for that franchise, certainly one of them. And now the weight of what every move that he makes that gets scrutinized, you could see the weight of it, like a big exhale. This has been a hard season. And I would just say this in my NFL career, some years were easier than others. Like if I was healthy throughout the season, it was a lot of fun. Like I had a, I had a blast, but if I was dealing with like a broken thumb or broken ribs or a sprained jaw or like some random thing, it's like, it takes the joy out of football a little bit. It makes it feel like a job. It makes it feel like work instead of making it feel like fun. I'm playing a kid's game. And so I think there was a lot on Aaron Rodgers this year that way. And, and he probably, Quite honestly, I think that's probably the last time he'll play for the Green Bay Packers. That's what I wondered. That's why I was reading the body language, that he almost was taking it in. Somebody wanted to swap jerseys with him, and he says, no, I'm keeping this one. Well, if you're playing next season, I don't – if anything, I would want to shed that jersey that I just wore and we just lost and we didn't make the playoffs. Is that fair to read into it like that? You know what? I think there's such finality at the, at the end of any season when you don't know it. 
I mean, listen, I, I was on the stinking practice squad when I started out in Green Bay. And then I was the backup quarterback, but the starting holder, I mean, for field goals and extra points. And I remember it was a game, I think it was Christmas Eve, maybe, but like we're playing Tampa and it was my last game ever as a Packer, as the holder on field goals. <laughs> and I remember, you know, we'd shake hands with the team. We say a prayer with the other team. We walk off the field. And I remember just soaking it in because that atmosphere is so special there. Anyone that's ever been to Lambeau knows exactly what I'm talking about. And I'm walking off the field for the last time, a game that I literally was holding extra points and field goals for Ryan Longwell. And I mean, obviously, you know, and I was getting like a little bit choked up. I'm like, wow, this has been such a special experience. If I get traded or if I'm on a different team next year, I want to remember this. And that was me like three years in Green Bay. We're talking about Aaron Rodgers. He's probably looking up there like, hmm, I wonder where they're going to put my name. Are they going to fit it in between Bart Starr and Ray Nitschke? Oh, Don Hudson's got a spot next to him. Oh, what about Reggie White? You know, like it's completely different. So, I mean, he's a human being and every talk show and every, you know, we're going to talk about it all off season, but um, these are real people and, and, and he's no different. We're talking about Hasselbeck, ESPN NFL analyst, and in the postseason, NFL Countdown's the place to go with Randy Moss, Teddy Bruschi, Rex Ryan, and Sam Ponder. They'll be there on Saturday and Sunday of Wild Card Weekend, 10 a.m. Eastern on both days. Would you have had a problem if the Texans decided to take a knee on the two-point conversion? Heck yeah, I would have had a problem. Heck yeah. Um uh, but I, I also wouldn't have had a problem if they tried like a trick play and they acted like they were going for an extra point and then they ran a trick play. They ran the fake field goal that they, you know, they have okay. in the playbook. They've been practicing it all season. It's week 18. It would be legendary. Like that's kind of what I actually was hoping for. Um, not just some like random two point play, you know, a five yard tight end out route, but no, listen, I'll say this, like, you know, I know fans and people in the media and all this are already thinking about the draft. But when you're a football player, like you're competing and those guys in that locker room, every locker room that I was in, I don't care if you're playing rock, paper, scissors for your per diem money. Like you care and you're competitive. That's why you are where you are in your career. You're in the career that you're in. So this idea of sort of like tanking or not trying your best. Um, I don't know if they do that in other sports. It's certainly not something I've ever, ever even felt an inkling towards with coaches or players in, in the NFL. If you're the Cowboys, you're Mike McCarthy, Dak Prescott. What are you taking away from that loss in Washington going into Good Tampa? lesson because they, they looked like the absolute worst team, worst playoff team um yesterday and this would be this is you know what it looked like to me it looked like the third preseason game that's what it looked like to me and and having sort of made this mistake myself in my career sometimes in the preseason the head coach i remember mike holmgren would say okay starters you're gonna play um you're gonna play a quarter and a half or something like that like we're not resting you we're playing you but you're not really all the way in just the goal is to get out of this game healthy you know and the mindset like for me anyway i couldn't i wasn't a very good player if i was sort of like playing not to get hurt i had to be all the way freaking in all the way in i need to be like confident throw throw the ball with conviction uh play tough and gritty and like basically you know how you would normally play football in the preseason it's almost like ah yeah this is a little different and you got one foot in one foot out it's a terrible way to play and you don't look like the kind of player that you are and i thought the dallas cowboys in the run game they stunk uh they, they really stunk in a lot of areas it was bad quarterback play for a quarterback that's not a bad player so i think there's a lesson there uh will it affect them going forward in the next week no, it's probably a lesson they learned for next year, maybe. But um, but they really look bad, and they're and they're not a bad team. What do you do if you're Sean McVay? I, th I don't think he's going to coach next year. I really don't. And I've spent a little bit of time with Sean McVay, and I didn't know him before I did. And then the first time I met him, I'm like, wow, this guy is a genius. He's a grinder. Like, when does he sleep? Um, at some point, like it's just too much. 
Like you need a breather. Like, listen, I coach high school football this year and every loss I took really hard. It's tough. I don't know if people understand the grind that coaching is. And then when you're sort of a, I don't want to call him a micromanager, but he, he could tell you what the nickel defender is supposed to do in every scenario. It's like, almost like it's almost too much. And so like, I could see him, he's 36 years old. I believe I could see him taking a breather and then being the hottest name in, in the coaching service coach searches from here on out and he'll take a step back some coaches have taken a step back taken a year off doug peterson mike mccarthy tom coughlin a bunch of guys and they've come back a better version of themselves and uh you know it'd be it would stink for the rams it would stink for the nfl but i could definitely see that happening with uh with sean more likely to be in tv next year not on tv but tom brady or sean mcveigh now, neither. I, I don't. I think Tom Brady's going to play again. Um, and listen, that that was sort of be my advice to him. Like, you know, I, I retired when I was forty and uh, went into TV. I joined Sunday NFL Countdown. They they offered me a job to sit with Chris Berman on that show, and I'm like, Chris Berman? Are you kidding me? Like, that was my favorite show growing up. That was my favorite show as an adult. You know, and then like, oh, you can sit next to Chris Berman. I'm like, okay, fine, I'm in. Um, but as cool as that was, there's nothing like playing quarterback in the NFL. There really isn't. And so um, if if you can make it work for your family, like part of my thing was my kids were teenagers. I had kids entering high school and I'm trying to be a quarterback in the NFL. It's, it's a different dynamic, but as long as you can really get mastery of that situation and do both of those things well, I, I, would, I would keep playing. You think Sean McVay is just going to take a year off, not take a year off and go into TV? I think he would be awesome at TV. Like, I know he would be great. I mean, again, like sit, when I sat down with him the first time, they were getting ready to play a game in Mexico City. And I sat down, we were supposed to watch a little bit of film for like five minutes, like two hours and five minutes later. I'm like, I, I feel like I should be paying you money. I'm learning so much. Can I write some of this down? It was so, it was so awesome. He would be amazing on TV, but I don't think that's what he needs. I think he needs to step back and take a breather and, I don't know what, learn some stuff about how to maybe have a healthier balance, maybe delegate a little bit more, maybe not take the losses so hard. I mean, good people that I know well, that I have a ton of respect for. I mentioned the names, Tom Coughlin, Mike McCarthy, Doug Peterson, have taken a year out of football and come back way better, way better. And I think they would tell you that and, and healthier too. Um, and so Sean McVay, I think is one of the best coaches I've ever been around, um, in terms of like the potential to be great. And I think, I think that would probably, I don't think TV is what he needs. Um, even though we would love to have him. All right. Rapid fire here. I'll give you Bengals chiefs or bills. Ah, man. Like those are like my three favorite teams. I, I love those teams. And I think I'm in love with those quarterbacks. Joe Burrow is the hottest quarterback in in football right now. Like if you, I I didn't know it. I'm doing this feature for Joe Burrow. It's it's coming out soon. I think it's going to run this week or next week. It is so cool the stuff I learned about Joe Burrow and his fundamentals. Like this dude makes things that are uncool look cool on the football field too. Um, but I say that in like. I'm the huge Patrick Mahomes fan. Josh Allen's probably my favorite quarterback to watch. Um, that, th those three guys, like we're living in just an amazing time where we get to see those guys play. If, if, like I've said this last year, if that AFC, if that game against the Bills and the Chiefs was the Super Bowl last year, I would have been fine. Like if you were like, you know what, we're just going to do that game again as the Super Bowl, I would have been like, thank you. This is the best Super Bowl I've ever watched. I'll give you the Eagles or the field. I like the Eagles. And I like a Jalen, a healthy Jalen Hurts. I've had that injury, and it, he looked, he looked like yesterday, like I felt when I tried to play with that injury. Um, hopefully, he gets healthy in time. That buys big. Are the Niners better with Brock Purdy? I think so. I think so. He's the real deal. He needs to be taken seriously, and uh, that's that's crazy to say. But um, like I said earlier, Pete Carroll has a formula and a vision of how he wants to run his team. Kyle Shanahan has the exact same thing, and Brock Birdie's fitting into that perfectly right now. I, I said Matt's my favorite Hasselback, haven't I, Paul? Oh, for decades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great appearance, mm. man. Wait, you, uh, you, you seem you seem a little uh, suspicious about that. 
No, I, you know, it's, it's high praise. You know, I was thinking about my wife, my younger brother, a lot of people <laughs> like Rich Eisen would tell you, and I know you're friends with Rich, Rich Eisen would tell you that my youngest brother, Nathaniel, who people don't know about because he doesn't work on television, um, he's his favorite. And and most people would usually say that, but, but people like friends of ours, like people who know us always say my wife. So it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it all depends, but I, I thank you for the compliment. I, I would I would have said your dad because I'm in more of that era, having yeah. actually seen your dad play football. But uh, I get that a lot. Like Adrian Wojnarowski, who covers NBA at ESPN. Like I don't know him well. The first time I met him at work, he was like, "Hey, I was a big fan of your dad's growing up." Or Jeffrey Lurie, <laughs> uh, who was the owner of the Philadelphia Eagles. The first time I met him down there, he was like, "I was a season ticket holder for the Patriots. I used to love your dad and Steve Grogan and Russ Francis." I'm like, you know, oh, that's. It's awesome. I appreciate it. Next time we'll have Matt's wife on, Fritzy, when you book them. We'll get Matt. <laughs> That's a good plan. Uh, she won't like that. She doesn't like the camera. But uh, it's uh, all right. Have fun this weekend. Thank you again, Matt. Anytime. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hi, this is Jay Glazer, and you may know me from the world of football or fighting or even shows like HBO's Ballers. What you don't know is for my entire life, I have lived in something I refer to as the gray. Depression, anxiety. So now I'm coming out with a new podcast, Unbreakable, a mental health podcast with Jay Glazer, where each week, while we talk about mental health, I hope to describe it. Give it words. Listen to Unbreakable with Jay Glazer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Ross Tucker, our good buddy, CBS Westwood One color analyst, and uh, he joins us as usual on Monday, host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, also Even Money Podcast. He called Saturday's Chiefs Raiders game on Westwood One. can be found on social media at Ross Tucker NFL. Poll question for uh, Ross Tucker, Seton. Dan, which team surprised you the most this season in a good way? Right. The Jaguars, Giants, Seahawks, Lions. Who would you pick? Ooh, that's a good one. I saw the other one on social media about who was most disappointing, and I had a really good answer for that one. I didn't see this one yet. Um, I would say probably the Seahawks. I thought they were going to be terrible. I mean, I really thought they were going to be bad, bad. I thought Geno Smith would be a disaster. I, I got to be honest, it's got to be the Seahawks. I mean, for him to break 
the franchise record for yards. I know there's one more game now, but still, and to have the season that he had, no way in heck I thought the Seahawks had any chance of making the playoffs. I think it's Seattle. Yeah, I think uh, we were all in on Seattle tanking this year, and Pete Carroll proved us wrong. Geno Smith proved us wrong. I wasn't surprised with Detroit because I thought Detroit would make the playoffs. I thought it would be three teams out of the division. Uh, Little did we know that Green Bay would not be one of those teams to get in. What did you read into Aaron Rodgers when he left the field last night, if anything? Not a whole lot, Dan. I mean, it feels like this is the third year that we're going into the offseason of the unknown as it relates to Aaron Rodgers, but I think he's coming back. I'd be surprised if he doesn't. Now, maybe he won't, but I think he's supposed to make like $60 million. I got to check on that. I know it's a lot of money that is guaranteed, and it's totally up to him. If he wants to come back, he's getting that money I don't think he wants to go out. But do you think the Packers want him back? Uh, I think they do, yes. And I also don't think they have much of a choice. Let's put it this way. If Rodgers says he's coming back, he's there. Because the, the financial implications of trying to trade him are not tenable. So it's really Rodgers. This is the first time, I think, Dan, in this situation where Rodgers has really had all the leverage and all the control, and he knows it. I think an interesting question is whether or not the Packers would prefer he retires. Uh, I think probably not, but that's debatable. I think he comes back, though, because he doesn't want it to end that way. It's $60 million. He is very well aware of his legacy. And, you know, some of the young guys – on defense and Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, they started to come along. I think Rodgers can look at next year and say, we have a chance to be a pretty darn good team and actually make a run. How do you explain of the quarterbacks who played all 17 games? I think there's five or six that played all 17. Aaron Rodgers is the only one who didn't throw for at least 300 yards once in a game. I can't. I didn't even know that until you just said that five seconds ago, so I can't explain it. That's Honestly, that's shocking. He's clearly not as good as he used to be. I think it's hard to imagine, though, Dan, that you go from MVP, MVP to that much of a drop-off. And we still did see, like, that throw last night to Watson. It was a great catch by Watson, but Rodgers dropping it in the bucket. He still has it. I think it was a product of their receivers and him not being on the same page and the team electing to try to lean on the running game. But that surprised me. I did not realize that. Yeah, seven quarterbacks started all 17 of their team's games this season, but Rodgers, the only one who didn't have a 300-yard passing game. But then he'll make that throw to Watson, but then he has that throw at the end, the interception, where you're going, what was that? It's a great point. And, you know, he almost had a couple others that were intercepted yeah. by the same guy. Yes. That guy, that that rookie Kirby Joseph yeah. is like Rogers' kryptonite. He's got his hands on like five or six balls from Rogers in in two games as a rookie. You're right, though. We didn't see that with Rogers in the past. You know, his interception numbers were typically so low, and I don't know if he was just trying to make something happen or forcing it, or maybe in the past. He could make a throw like that, and Devontae Adams would make him right, meaning even if he doesn't catch it, would knock it away. He doesn't have that same level of trust with these young guys. If you're looking to turn a small bet into a big payday, DraftKings Sportsbook same-game parlays, you can pocket more cash when you combine multiple bets in one game. Download the app, sign up with the code PATRICK. Do you have parlays for the games coming up this weekend, Ross Tucker? I've got two I like. Yes, I came prepared. Okay. Um, Two that I like right now. One is, and it's plus 250 at DraftKings, and for the 49ers, George Kittle, one receiving touchdown, and Christian McCaffrey, 75-plus rushing yards. Purdy throws a touchdown pass to Kittle every game. That's like Kittle is like Purdy's guy, so I feel good about that. The McCaffrey one's a little bit because they're getting Elijah Mitchell back. I think they'll probably have a decent lead. I don't know that Shanahan will necessarily get McCaffrey to over 75 yards, but I feel pretty good about that. I think the one I feel better about, Dan, is the Chargers, 
playing in Jacksonville Saturday night. Justin Herbert, 275-plus passing yards. That seems like a pretty good bet. And then Austin Eckler, one rushing touchdown, is plus 275 on DraftKings. Austin Eckler scores a touchdown every game of his whole career. Yeah. I've never watched a Chargers game <laughs> where Eckler doesn't have at least one touchdown. That, uh, now, he hasn't, scored a, he hasn't scored a touchdown in every game, Ross. No, I know. I'm exaggerating oh, okay. for effect. <laughs> wow, that was great effect there. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, curious what you think of the Cowboys going into their game in Tampa after what happened against Washington. How do you, how do you shake off a game like that? I have no idea what either the Cowboys or the Chargers were doing yesterday, Dan. I mean, the Cowboys, you can a little bit understand because if the Eagles lost to the Giants – then they would have been able to win the NFC East. And I get that, but it's like scoreboard watch or something. I mean, both of those teams, right? They played their starters, so their starters didn't get to rest. I think the quarterbacks came out with like five minutes left for both of them. They got some guys banged up. I saw J. Ron Kurse go off for the Cowboys. Bosa went off for the Chargers. Of course, the most notable ones, Mike Williams for the Chargers, and they both lost. I know. I mean that that's like hitting for the cycle, Dan. Like that's you play they didn't get the rest. You got some guys dinged up and you lost the game. They accomplished nothing. You win nothing. A couple other things. Um, you know, when you start to look at the field in the NFC, the team to beat is who? I still think it's the Eagles, but I think the Niners are the best team right now. Okay. I think that the Niners having to win in Philadelphia will not be easy. And I know that the Niners are playing better right now. I always wonder, like, how much will that mean three weeks from now when they likely face each other in the NFC Championship, right? Like, if the Eagles are still kind of not playing at their best and the Niners are still on a roll, then okay. But I don't know. I've just seen it. You know, when this Eagles won the Super Bowl in 2017, they barely beat the Falcons in the divisional round with Foles not looking good, and then they annihilated the Vikings. So because the game's in Philadelphia, because the Eagles still have the best roster, even though they haven't finished the regular season as strongly, I still think they're the team to beat in the NFC. The team to beat in the AFC? It's the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, it's the Chiefs. Although I will say this, in the AFC, no result, Dan, between Bengals, Bills, Chiefs, would surprise me. I mean, the Bengals have the toughest road because likely they're playing. First of all, they got to play the Ravens that are going to be at full strength. We think. Then they got to play at Buffalo. We we think. And then if the even they win that, it would be at Kansas City. So Cincinnati has by far the toughest path. But I think those three teams are are basically even right now. I mean, it's a coin flip. That by the way, that the Bengals did not want, didn't have to do. But it's a coin flip between. Chiefs, Bills, and Bengals for me right now. So you have to say Chiefs because they have the easiest path. You mentioned the Ravens. Lamar Jackson expected back, but this is a guy who's missed at least five games in each of the last two seasons, I think. And as you move forward with this, do you want to invest $45, $50 million a year in Lamar Jackson? I'm fine with that average. I'm not fine with the Deshaun Watson contract, right? We know that that's why Lamar didn't sign what the Ravens offered him. He wants a fully guaranteed deal. There, I'm not. I'm just not doing that, Dan. If I'm the Ravens, mm-hmm. I mean, I'll if he insists on that again this year, I'll franchise tag him. But I'm not doing that. He's missed a bunch of games the last two years, and the only guy that got a contract like that, Deshaun Watson. He looks terrible. I mean, I don't think he looks very good at all. Deshaun Watson certainly not helping Lamar Jackson's case. Neither did Lamar this year. I don't think Lamar had a great year. Second year in a row, he's been banged up. I, I think they want him there. I think they'll offer him $45 million a year. Maybe they'll even offer him $50 million a year. But it's not going to be five years fully guaranteed. You just can't do that in the sport of football, especially the way he plays the position. Do you want to go through uh, all of the games and give me your picks uh, for this weekend? Sure. With the spread or no? Yeah, with the spread. Oh, geez. Okay, I'm not ready for that. Go ahead. All right. Seahawks Seahawks plus 10.5 against the Niners. I'll take the Seahawks. 10.5 is a lot. All right. I'll take the Seahawks. Chargers giving 1.5. 
I like the Chargers to win that game. I, I I was not overly impressed by the Jags Saturday night. I think that I think the Chargers win that game. I will lay the one and a half with the Chargers, but the better play there is to take the Jaguars up to plus seven and a half as one leg of a two-team teaser. Oh, we got to okay. find a partner with it, but the Jags up to seven and a half in a two-team six-point teaser would be the play there. All right, Dolphins getting ten and a half at Buffalo. I hate laying ten and a half, but that's a game I feel like you almost have to stay away from, Dan, until we get some clarity on quarterback, right? Is there any chance Tua plays, or are they shutting him down? I, if he doesn't, is it Bridgewater? I, I stay away until I have some type of clarity on quarterback. I would also worry about the emotional letdown for Buffalo. Like, it was so emotional yesterday against New England. It's hard to match that again. Now, granted, I'm, I'm talking about covering, not just winning the game. Yes. But, but, you know, so we have to factor that in. The Giants are getting three at the Vikings. I would take the Giants. Yeah. I mean, they rested their guys. Um, they played very – I mean, they lost by a field goal. I think it was overtime when they played there a couple weeks ago. I think Dable's a heck of a coach. That feels like a field goal game to me either way. So take the three with the G-men. Uh, the Ravens getting six and a half at Cincinnati. Boy, that's a pretty big unknown with what we're going to get from Lamar Jackson. That's a tough one. I'd probably take the Ravens. They get Dobbins back. They get Mark Andrews back. I think they're going to be able to keep that one competitive. They're going to run Lamar because there is no tomorrow. I'd probably take the Ravens in the points. I think the Bengals win, but I'll take the six and a half. I don't know the last time Tom Brady was an underdog at home in a playoff game, but he is against the Cowboys. Three. I think I'd take the Bucks in the three. I think it's going to be a close game. Dak's not playing well. That doesn't look good. The Cowboys are kind of limping into this game. This 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 feels identically to me like the Giants Vikings, where I feel like it's a field goal game either way. So give me the Bucks getting the three. Maybe they win. If they don't, even if they lose by a field goal, you push. Good to talk to you as always, Bud. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah, can't wait. Thank you, Dan. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season, and so are we. I'm Tori Deal, and I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars Four is finally here, and this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa, for the prize of. $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.